Hi there, and welcome to another brand new series of the Renaissance Space Podcast. We're into our fourth series of the Renaissance Space Podcast now, and what a journey it's been. Thank you so much to everyone who liked, subscribed, shared, and listened to every episode of the podcast so far. If you'd like to listen to any previous series of the Renaissance Space Podcast, just search Renaissance Space wherever you get your podcasts from. To kick off our new series entitled Reading, More Than Just Words on a Page, Margaret chats with the assistant head teacher of Torbridge Primary School in Plymouth. They discuss how a combination of whole class reading and reading edtech resources have transformed their school. Remember, if you'd like to have your say on this episode, just pop onto Twitter, tweet your comments and include the hashtag, hashtag Renaissance Space in your tweet. This will allow you to join other educational professionals in discussing the podcast or any other episode together. And as always, please subscribe, share and leave a comment. Enjoy! So um, Torbridge Primary were one of the schools that um, submitted an entry and were successful in that entry for our what we called our Lockdown Learning Awards. So we, we sort of got to know Torbridge a little bit and Olivia's um, head came above the parapet as a real enthusiast and someone who had a lot to talk about um, reading and whole class reading. Olivia, would you like to just give a little bit of background about yourself and your school maybe? Yeah, of course, no problem. Um, so my name is uh, Olivia Bartlett. I am the assistant head teacher here at Torbridge Primary School in Plymouth. Um, and I'm also um, a specialist leader in education for the subject of English. Um, and for the past five years, I've also been um, the local authority moderator um, for year two and year six end of key stage um, writing as well. Um, so English reading, anything to do with that is my real passion. Um, so I apologise. I've already said to Margaret, if I go off on a bit of a tangent or I need reining in at some point, then she is free to do so, because this is just something that I really love to talk about. So hopefully you will enjoy listening um, and hopefully you'll be able to take something away from today as well. Um, the school that I'm currently based in is part of a really small academy trust. We're a school, uh, a trust of two schools. Um, so the school that I'm um, mostly based in is a small one form entry school, um, which two years ago was placed into um, the, uh, the Ofsted category of special measures. Um, so we are currently on a real journey here. And our other school is a far bigger school, two form entry, currently moving into three form entry, um, recently graded outstanding on the um, new framework. So two very different schools within our trust, but working together for a, um, a very common goal to improve kind of those life chances for children and are obviously going to be talking a lot about um, how whole class reading has been part of that today. Fantastic. Wow. I bet I bet there's some a competitive edge there as well, as well as that lovely <laughs> feeling of being it's just like, well, OK. So one of the things that we talked about was, you know, the dreaded carousel um, and how, you know, we've both had first hand experience of having to teach within teach reading um, within that environment. So um, you transitioned about four years ago, you said, um, and you know, I'm sure there were other factors other than just the carousel, why you decided to move to whole class reading. Could you share that with us, please? Yeah, of course. So um, around about four or five years ago, I would say now, um, I was previously working at our other school. And it was kind of the common census that actually reading wasn't working, um, whether that was because of um, children's progress, um, the data, the assessment that the teachers and staff were 
um, getting or more importantly, not getting from the children, teacher workload. There were a whole host of different reasons um, as to why it kind of it wasn't working and, and there needed to be change. And I think at the time there were also a number of other schools out there looking to do the same thing and move away from that guided approach to reading and, and move towards that more whole class approach to reading, which is something um, that we feel really strongly about now, um, now that we've kind of five years into the journey with whole class reading. Um, so there were a number of um, reasons why we moved to the whole class reading model. Um, but one thing I will say is that we won't ever look back. Uh, there's been you know, numerous positives um, from moving away from that model. And, and if there was one thing that I could ever recommend for any school to do is if you are still running that carousel model is is really do have um, a serious look into whole class reading and how it works um, for different schools because every school is different of course and and how it works in schools around you and schools further afield and take the best of best bits that you can and and definitely move away from that that guided carousel approach because we've just seen huge um, impact for a number of different reasons moving to the whole class reading model um, definitely. And I'm sure like any approach um, there's no one size fits all because size of school, um, size of staff, resources, all of those things will will impact the way in which you actually implement it. So, So what are the key elements for you that you think make you a whole class reading school? No, that's a really good point, because actually, I think, um, like I say, we've been on a journey moving into kind of a whole class reading model now for about five years, and it still isn't perfect. And I think that's something that we've now learned is we kind of run off the ethos here that actually um, a perfect anything will always be a year away from perfect, because if you're constantly looking to make improvements and make things better and and, you know, taking time to look at the most up-to-date research into how children learn, how children read, um, then your model is only going to evolve and get better moving forward. And, and that was something that took um, me a while to get my head around. And, you know, I think as teachers, we we want it to be perfect. We're, um, if you're anything like me, we're, we're could be control freaks sometimes we like things to be done yesterday um and actually the the best thing that's come out of our model is the fact that we're always willing to um for it to be challenged we're always willing for um somebody to suggest something different or suggest an improvement or suggest a different way for it to be done um so we uh, researched, researched, researched. We looked at lots of different schools that were already doing it, looked at schools that were thinking of doing it um, and kind of came up with our own model, um, so to speak, really. But I think it is really important to say that there isn't a right way to do it necessarily. I think there are some key fundamentals, um, but I do see quite often um, the question is, you know, what does whole class reading look like? Um, what does whole class reading planning look like? Uh, what does your school's reading spine look like? And I think actually that's should be really contextual. So my reading spine here isn't identical to our reading spine at the other our other school because we're based in different parts of the city. So our children have different needs, um, have different interests. The staff are different. Um, so whilst I think there are some key things that can be part of any whole class reading approach. It's also really important that it works for you and it works for your school. Um, and, and that's something that I think um, has helped our model to improve now that we've got that understanding and staff have got that flexibility in sharing things that are going really well or sharing things that they think they, they could tweak even further. 
Um, but just some really key things for us, which I'm sure everybody probably does anyway. Um, but reading is a really key part of our, our daily timetable. Um, and that isn't just kind of phonics or English or grammar or spelling is, is dedicated reading time. So uh, in key stage two, we have um, 45 minutes every day of whole class reading. Um, we also have drop everything and read for 15 minutes towards the end of the day as well. So that's kind of like an hour in total that's dedicated to reading. Um, the 45 minute slot will be um, a novel study, which usually lasts the half term. So uh, in key stage two, the children then read six novels across the year in their whole class reading sessions. Um, obviously, they're exposed to a wide range of texts in their English and curriculum lessons as well. And then in key stage one, um, they have 30 minutes every day. Um, so a slight reduction there. Um, and they look at a different book every fortnight. Um, however, the model has evolved only in the last few weeks in that this term, um, based on our cohort of children that we've got in year two, we've decided that during term six, our year two children are going to adopt the key stage two model in preparation for year three, because we felt that they were ready for that and that their reading ability and their maturity, um, that would be a really nice way to help them transition into key stage two. Um, so they're all feeling really grown up at the minute because they've all got their um, their chapter book that they're reading and they've all got their own copy. So they're really enjoying that. Um, we did make the decision to make quite an investment in um, our whole class reading program. So in key stage two, the children each have a copy of the text. Um, so they all have their own copy. I don't think that is necessarily um, a must. I think it would still work if the children had them one between two or even at a push, if at least the teacher's got the copy that, that you're reading from and you're sharing as a class. I think um, I think there can be lots of different variations of that, but we did make the decision to make that investment. We also really utilise our local libraries and our local library service as well. They're really helpful in supplying us with class reader sets um, and things like that. So that's been really good moving forward too. Um, so there is a financial kind of investment there. Um, that you might want to consider making, but equally, I, I don't think it, it has to be done that way either. So it's probably also really important to have a mixture of fiction and non-fiction. I mean, as we all know, when we leave school, most of our reading is probably non-fiction, given all the form filling and websites and goodness knows what else we need to read. How do you make decisions around which texts to buy? And you're obviously heavily invested in buying books. Um, how do you do you go about that? So that's been the really fun bit, actually, and the bit that's changed quite a lot over the, the five years. I think that's the bit that um, has taken the real work in how do we select our texts, what, what is important to us. Um, and initially, we chose texts that were kind of driven by children's interests or matched up with curriculum topics that were being taught. Um, so it was very cross-curricular. Uh, for example, let's say the children were doing um, in year six, they do a, a local history study on World War II. Um, and at the same time, we're reading, I've got a copy here, I think. Yep. Yeah. We're reading um, this one here, which is Letters from the Lighthouse by Emma Carroll, which I think is quite a really popular year five, six text. Um, however, moving forward, our model has kind of evolved over the past 12 to 18 months where we've changed that a little bit. And we found that by running the text alongside the topic, it became a bit overwhelming for the children. 
Um, so we've actually changed it to, um, for example, with this year six um, example, the children um, complete their local history study in terms one and two, um, but they don't actually get to read this book until terms three and four. Um, and that kind of process has worked really well for other year groups as well. So we've got um, the Jamie Drake equation, which is read in year five, um, and the children build upon their science knowledge, um, having learned about space in year five. We've also got um, the Explorer, which is a year five text, and this builds on the children's knowledge of the Amazon, of which they've previously learned in year four. Um, and we found that has just had such a dramatic positive impact on our children as readers, because we are not having to stop to explain or um, allow the children time to understand um, the background knowledge and the kind of context of the text, because they've already got that. They've already learned that. Um, and instead, it gives us a really um, lovely amount of time to just delve right into the book and look at plot, look at characterization, um, look at the vocabulary. And we have noticed that this year running that model um, it was one of those moments where you think, why, why weren't we doing it like this before? Um, that said, one thing that we're really passionate about is that a good book is a good book. So whilst these three examples did li link to um, kind of curriculum areas, a lot of our texts actually don't. Um, so we are really passionate about the fact that if a book is going to make a child laugh, if a book is going to make a child cry, if a book is going to, you know, open that child's imagination, then it goes on the reading spine and, and it's a book that that is covered. So it's a real mixture of text that we've chosen. Um, and then the way in which the kind of model runs in Key Stage 2 is that three days of the week are spent on um, the text itself and reading that as a whole class together. Um, and then two days, usually Thursday, Friday, are spent um, looking at kind of alternative text types and um, we have non-fiction Friday so everything we do on a Friday is is non-fiction based and that might link um, to the book so we've put together a really detailed reading spine where um, staff have a, a list of kind of alternative stimulus whether that might be video picture books non-fiction text newspaper reports music lyrics whatever it might be so they've got a whole host of um, kind of different things that do connect to their text but equally it might not it might just be something that the children are really interested in um, and so that usually happens on the Thursday and Friday so they get a really varied diet throughout the week of um, different reading if that makes sense I hope that makes yeah, sense no absolutely yeah. Yeah. I think I, the one thing for us that's so important is the good book is a good book book yes. bit so it doesn't always have to necessarily link to something within the curriculum um, and that's been really fundamental for us I think and also, I think it needs to, the reading that goes on needs to be evolving because children will have different mood swings and they'll have different capabilities. I remember I used to do um, a box every day, used to just move around. So one one box had cookery books in it, actually. And some children just loved that. And actually, why not? Because we want them to turn the pages. We want them to to engage. So, yeah, I think it, I think what you're saying is absolutely spot on I know that you use star assessment and accelerated reader um, in the school as well and um, I'm a, a great advocate for the quizzes being used as whole class reading material too so if you read a book why not put the quiz up on the board and use that as a backdrop for discussion and, and enhancement and development of language I just wondered if you could talk to me a little bit about you know how you use AR and, and, and maybe star as well 
Yeah, of course. So we use um, accelerated reader and star uh, the star assessments um, as a really key part of our whole class reading. Um, and that's only been something we've done in the last two years. Um, but it, again, it's had a, a really big impact. So one of the things that we do is at the end of kind of each novel study, um, the children engage uh, in a quiz on the book that they've been reading as a class. And that bit for me has been um, just amazing because it's demonstrated to us that even our lowest kind of attaining pupils with, um, you know, your lower prior attainment, even just through listening to the story and engaging um, with the story with their peers, hearing the vocabulary, being exposed to the the plot and the characters. Um, and although the text is, you know, primarily above what their, um, you know, independent, um, yeah, capability might be, their ZPD and things like that. It's it's just been phenomenal to the fact that they achieve anywhere between 60 and 80% um, in their comprehension understanding. And then we just simply stick in. So this is just an example of one of the lower um, attaining pupils in my class. So we've just recently um, finished a book study on Skellig. Um, which was a really nice one because it linked to a lot of the language um, and vocabulary that children had been exposed to in their science lessons in year six with evolution um, and things like that. So that was really good. And this child in question um, came out with 80%. So we just um, stick that in as a little record um, in their whole class reading books. Um, and that was just excellent for us to see. Um, but then we also use it kind of within the sessions, not just at the end of the, the novel study. So the children will engage in like the vocabulary quizzes that are on Accelerated Reader as well, which they really enjoy. Um, and the different quizzes uh, that are available on there. And we use them then throughout. So we don't just use it at the end. Um, we also um, use it throughout. And of course, we use um, Star Reader as our kind of more formal assessment tool for engaging children with their ZPDs and understanding exactly kind of where children are with their reading. But that's just an example of how we actually use AR for more than just assessment purposes. We actually use it as a tool for learning within our whole class reading sessions. Okay. Um, and that's just been amazing because it, it's kind of, real you know hard proof for any non-believers that actually whole class reading works it doesn't matter what ability the child is if you can capture them with a really good book um in that really lovely safe environment with your class then there's no reason that they can't succeed so that's been really nice for us and and AR has been absolutely fundamental in helping us do that that's great I think also um AR you know, for children independently accessing AR, sometimes in, in you know, year two, we've mentioned them already, for teachers to be modelling quizzing and using that, you know, if you're reading a short picture book, to, to put a quiz up and talk about the quiz and, and get them to engage with the questions and the answers, I think is such a rich environment for, for language vocabulary. And also for those emerging readers, the recorded voice quizzes, you know, there's 1,500 of those quizzes have actually been narrated and for children to read the book and then take the quiz can sometimes be a massive leap. So thank you for sharing, sharing that. Um, so in terms of looking back over maybe the last couple of years, maybe over the, the, the full five years, what do you think has been the sort of the main impact or, or the main benefits that, that you've seen that have really you've been able to witness and, and um, share with others? So for me, I think possibly one of the least important bits, but um, is the progress in the children's reading ability has been um, absolutely transformed. Um, for um, an example, um, for the first time in 
I think it would have been 2018 now, wouldn't it? Um, our reading results at the end of um, Key Stage 2 um, were the highest that they'd ever been um, and also were um, kind of top trumped the maths and the writing. And that's never yeah. happened for us as a school before. Um the school where we uh, started our whole class reading journey, which was the school I was previously at, um, is in one of the most deprived areas of our city, really high levels of free school meals and pupil premium. Um, so the children come in um, really low levels of literacy and language. Uh, so usually we found that our, um, you know, our maths is, is, is stronger and reading tended to be the one that that was weaker. But for the first time ever in 2018, that cohort of children had had two years of of whole class reading, um, and their their reading results were were phenomenal. We had um, 50% of the year six cohort that that achieved greater depth within their reading in year six. So we were really pleased with that, and and we were in the the high 80% for the expected standard. However, that said it isn't the bit for me that stands out the most. The bit that stands out for me the most, particularly now having moved to a school that was in a category of concern with Ofsted and and special measures, is the impact that it's had on the children as as people and the the staff and the culture of the team and um, the behaviour of the children and the ethos in the school. Um, You know, everybody... Uh, down to and, and I know Margaret will vouch for this because this is part of the reason of, of us winning our award down to our caretaker to our cleaners to our executive head teacher knows how important reading is in this school and uh, are happy to have conversations with children in the corridor about reading or what are you reading this week um, what's your whole class reading book you know everybody's um, on the same page with the journey during lo- the lockdown period we had um you know, even like I say, our caretaker was was reading online stories to the children. So, you know, that demonstration to the children that reading is important to everybody at this school. Um, and whole class reading has just been so key in bringing the children together and um, bringing them together under a kind of common umbrella with a really good book and just some anecdotal examples. When I first arrived um, at this school, In September 2019, um, I had quite a tricky year six cohort and one of the children bet me a fiver at the beginning of the year that I'd never get him to enjoy reading. He hated reading um, and he owed me a fiver by the end of the year. I didn't get it, but still he did owe me that fiver. Um, And, you know, we've had children uh, sneaking out at break time with the book, with the whole class reading book, reading the next chapter. And um, we've had children sneaking back into the classroom at lunchtime to to get to get the book and take the book outside. Um, And one of the things that's been so lovely in the last 12 months, even with kind of the challenges that we've all faced with COVID um, was the engagement from some of our parents and carers. So where we were continuing with our whole class reading lessons every day, but virtually, we actually were contacted by um, one of our parents in one of our year groups who told us that she had never in her life read a book from start to finish before. Um, but because she'd been sat in the background of her son's lessons every day, one of those lessons being whole class reading, she'd actually taken a copy of the book when he'd gone to bed and um, in two nights she'd read it front to back um, and it was the first yeah. book that she'd ever read. So it's had a real impact on our families as well in that because the children are just so engaged and, you know, there's no, there's no glitter, there's no, um, you know, fancy things going on. It is simply the children have got the book in front of them, the teachers enthused by the book, um, the class are enthused by the book and, 
they go home talking about it. They come to school talking about it. They don't want whole class reading to finish. They don't want to move to the next lesson. Um, so I just think there's a real community feel to it as well. And that it's really brought our school together and it's really had a, a positive impact on our children in terms of their behavior and their attitudes to learning. And it's, I know it does sound really cliche, but it really has transformed our school in the last 24 months. And and it did so at our other school as well. But particularly here, when um, you're in that situation of being labelled with special measures, um, it's just been transformational. And that's I can't stress that enough. It's just been wonderful to um, allow the children to just be engaged in a good book. Uh, that I mean, that's just so lovely because, as we all know, that you know, reading has such an impact for so many years and throughout our lives, actually. And if if we get that wrong at primary, then actually we're not doing children any favors. But sometimes it's hard to engage them, isn't it? I mean, these days there's so many other pressures on their time, and certainly this last year where you haven't had the same input and influence, um, it's it's challenging, isn't it? Or oh, eighteen months, should I say? So um, you said earlier that, you know, you always talk about being a year away from perfect. Um, <laughs> what do you think are your next steps or how, how do you see what you've already achieved and developed and got to? How do you see that moving and, and, and developing? Um, so I think the next thing for us is uh, the bridging the gap uh, between year two and year three. Um, so. I think I alluded to that previously about the model that we've adopted for year two this term, but that might not necessarily work for next year's cohort. Um, but we've, we're giving that a try at the, at the minute. Obviously, we're only four days into the new term, but but fingers crossed it's successful and, and they really um, get a lot out of that. But for us, yeah, bridging that gap between year two um, and year three and that kind of um, moving from learning to read to reading to learn. And I think that's something that is a, a real focus for us at the minute. I think our whole class reading model is really successful. It's working in the ways that we want it to. Um, there's not much we change in terms of um, the delivery or the, the time allocation, but we want to look more specifically now at um, being able to understand and recognise children's specific reading difficulties. And I know that there can be often suggestions and questions around, well, if you deliver whole class reading, when when do you listen to the children read? Um, we're quite lucky in that we do have um, teaching assistants available um, in our in our morning lessons. So um, sometimes the teaching assistant will deliver the whole class reading session, which will allow the teacher to read on a one to one basis with the children in the class um, or vice versa. If the teacher's leading the whole class reading session, um, the, the teaching assistant can listen to some of those one to one readers and do some more kind of specific work with certain children on on their individual needs with reading. Um, and that's something that we definitely are looking to move forward with um, as we move on. And I think there's for us, there's been that shift between, um, you know, you can walk into a classroom and there'll be lots of noise. And is it learning or is it busy? And for us, we are now moving and shifting into that um, kind of culture of getting used to awkward silences, if that's a way I can put it. And that just because a classroom's silent um, doesn't mean that there isn't there isn't learning going on. So I think quite often our teachers um, felt as though uh, the the children had to be doing a lot of the reading in whole class reading sessions, yeah. and that the um, they needed to be reading out loud quite a lot, which of, of course is a fundamental skill and it, and is something we do do often. But we we're starting to move away from that now, in that we're recognising 
um, it's really important actually for the teacher to lead that whole class reading session um, because what can happen or what has happened in occasions for us is that if the child, for example, let's say we're in year three um, and they're standing up, they're reading confidently out loud with lots of expression and, and, and that's great, but perhaps then they misread a word or um, they don't understand the context of a word or the way in which a sentence should be read. And then that's lost it for the whole class. So we, we're we now looking at ensuring that the teacher always does the first read. So um, actually, when you walk into a whole class reading session here for 45 minutes, you might just hear a teacher reading and that's OK. Um, but we're kind of that can be quite uncomfortable for us as teachers, I think, to think that, you know, you often hear oh, it must be, you know, 80% children talk, 20% teacher talk, less teacher talk. But actually in whole class reading, it's um, almost the opposite of that in some occasions. So that's definitely something that um, our teaching team are, are shifting away from and, and trying to get more comfortable with. Yeah, I think that's, that's very a very poignant poignant point in that you know um it's gauging um what's purposeful and and uh but but you obviously know know what's embedded now I mean in the early days it's probably you're a little bit more controlling or a little bit more sort of what's going on here is this working is it how we're expecting um we've actually had a question come in from from Amy Amy McCulloch who says do they not then lose their place in the text you are reading as a whole class are they reading the same text when they leave with the TA etc I think she means yeah. if it's one-to-one, -one, yes. Oh, yeah, no. So the um, as we are reading as the whole class, so yeah, all the children have got the, the same copy of the book and they don't leave the class. So um, they would never leave the classroom. They would stay within the classroom and they'd be reading um, along with us, but the teaching assistant would be working with them quietly on a one-to-one -one basis. So we use reading rulers or the children make their own kind of bookmarks and things like that. So they follow along with the text. Um, and then sometimes we'll have a bit of choral reading as well. So we use kind of a variety of strategies. So lots of teachers have their own different techniques. So um, in some classes, there might be a knock on the table and the children know that knock on the table means they all read together. Um, so there's lots of different strategies that we use to ensure that the children don't lose their place and that they are engaged in the book. Um, and occasionally when they do read on a more one-to-one -one basis, they do maybe fall a little bit behind if they're reading a little bit more slowly, um, but they can very easily catch up. It, it just becomes second nature. But like I say, it's taken us kind of five years to get there. So it's it's not been um, a quick or easy process. And it's just um, finding your feet with it and what works for, for you, your school and, and your individual classes, really. But I hope that makes sense. Um, one of the um, uh, conversations we had um so not necessarily about reading, but when we were we, we first met Olivia um, earlier this afternoon, um, we were talking about the various things that have gone on over the last year. And um, you talked about how your schools have adopted a, um, a COVID keeper um, <laughs> category yeah. uh, where things that have happened in during COVID um, don't stay in COVID. They actually carry on and um, continue. So I just wondered if just by way of a, a summing up um, before we finish um, and if anybody else has got any that they'd like to share. So things that have happened as a result of COVID and you've realised are actually 
oh, why didn't we do this before? This is such a good idea. The example you gave was about children who are doing PE coming into school in their kit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a bit off the topic of reading, but um, although some of them do link to reading, but yeah, I yes, think, sure. and, and seeing out there on, on kind of Twitter and Facebook and the forums, I think lots of schools are thinking the same thing, but um, yeah, we're just, we're coming together as a staff team in a couple of weeks time with our list of COVID keepers, just things that actually um, have been quite positive um, things that like you say we thought why did we not do it this way before um, and we've tried where possible over the past 12 months 16 months to to use COVID as an opportunity to kind of realign our our purposes our values what we what we want as a school and what we want for our children our community and I think it's given a, a lot of um, schools some breathing time and I, I know in, in many respects it hasn't um, but to just allow us to think a bit differently because we've been forced to work differently um but for us one of the ones that I was talking to Margaret earlier was about the PE kit and the fact that actually now that 15 minutes that it took to get changed is an extra 15 minutes reading time so you know we all know that primary school timetables can be um really hard work to fit everything in so that was an yeah what we've called a COVID keeper it sounds a bit twee I know but um I love it yeah that we're um we're looking at and and with with reading in particular, um, for us, it was the involvement of our parents and carers and actually um, allowing them to understand how whole class reading works and, and what whole class reading is and and why we use whole class reading. And I think our parents and our um, children have become far more clued up on why they do things in the way that they do them, which hopefully in time will have a really good impact on them as kind of you know independent self-regulated learners and um yeah our, our parents we feel um are much more on board with our reading priorities now that's because great. they've yeah. felt as though they've been part of it um so that's watching been really it. lovely yeah just watching it unfold although in a virtual world but yes it's much better to be reading together now don't get me wrong but um yeah it hasn't been all bad I suppose is the no. best way yeah yeah, I, I just think it's it's a nice way of looking at things. And, and I certainly I think the parental engagement and parental understanding of teaching and learning, I think, in a lot of cases has has developed and people have realised, you know, it's not just um, you sitting at a desk and, you know, doing your nails while the children are doing the work. Yeah. Not that I really believe anyone thought that, but you know what I mean. So we've had another question from Ikram who says, do you do independent readers? So children taking their own chosen books home and quizzing on them independently. And if you do, yes. do you? allocate time for this yeah absolutely so um with accelerated reader um obviously our children have their zpds um so they select books um that are within their zpd um that they that they read at home but equally um they also read them in school as well so um we have um, something called early morning learning where um our school doors open at half past eight um, the registration isn't actually until five to nine and in a non-COVID world. And this is something we are looking forward to bringing back. The parents would join us for early morning learning as well. So yes. where where they want to, they don't have to. Um, and that's just um, a time where children can then um, share their book with their teacher or their teaching assistant or a parent and carer or somebody from home. Um, and then we also have drop everything and read at the end of every day in every classroom, which is about 15 minutes. Um, and that's where the children can um, read whatever they would like to, to be honest. So they do have their home reading books, but perhaps they want to read something different. They fancy um, a book from one of their class library selections. So 
Um, we've got a, a variety of books in the classrooms that the children can choose from, as well as, uh, as our actual library. Um, so that's kind of 15 minutes at the end of every day as well, um, on top of our actual whole class reading session. So, yeah, they still have their, their home reading books as well. So thank you, Olivia, for your insight and for sharing what, you know, what you've done, really. And, you know, it's nice to get somebody's take on a new journey and how it's been developing. And and as you've said all along, you've had to rethink sometimes and cohorts obviously make a huge difference. You know, next year's year twos may not be up for taking a chapter book home in June or even in September. But, you know, they're just different, aren't they? So um, it's important. Um, And, you know, we're always willing to share, Um, you know, we've done quite a substantial amount of work on our reading spines and um, we're always willing to share. So please do reach out if if there's anything that I can share or or help with. Like I say, it won't necessarily be perfect, but um, always more than willing um, to help. Yeah. Thank you, Olivia. it's been absolutely brilliant. I've loved talking to you. I've, I spoke quite a long, a long time to you when we were planning this, and I knew this would be in, interesting and engaging. And you had such a lot to share. But your passion, understanding, knowledge, and enthusiasm has just shone through again. So thank, thank you. you very much. <laughs> yeah. And I hope I'm not one of you know those sickingly overly positive people. But genuinely, I just yeah, whole class reading combined with accelerated reader is a winning combination. So. Um, if there's anything more I can do to kind of give any further specific details, I'm I'm always more than willing to do so. Thanks for listening to the whole class reading episode of the Renaissance Space podcast. If you enjoyed the episode or have anything to say around the topic, get onto Twitter and use the hashtag, hashtag Renaissance Space to have your say. And as always, Please subscribe and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. For updates on upcoming episodes of the Renaissance Space podcast and our newest series, More Than Just the Words on a Page, you can follow Margaret and me on Twitter. You can find our social media handles in the summary section of the episode. Thanks for listening.